You're listening to It's In Our Nature, the podcast that celebrates the connections between people and nature, with host Adam McLean, the Nature Conservancy's Missouri State Director. For more information, visit nature.org forward slash Missouri. Hi, everyone. I'm Adam McLean, Missouri State Director for the Nature Conservancy. It's time again for It's In Our Nature, the podcast where we celebrate the intersection of people and nature. Thanks for joining us today. Keith Bennett is with us today. If you've ever toured Dunn Ranch Prairie, there's a pretty good chance that you've met Keith. Maybe even left with a bouquet of flowers that he plucked out of the prairie or a wide variety of other things that he was always great at uh, doing when we're out on the prairie. Along with an ad hoc florist, Keith is a man of many layers. Singer, guitarist, bird herder, ace angler, overall enthusiast, prairie ambassador. His official title for TNC is Seed Harvest and Restoration Technician. I bet we've been, uh, we'll touch on a fair amount of the other list of stuff too, if I have my way with this podcast. But I want to start with one of Keith's main roles at TNC, seed collector. So Keith, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Good to see you, Adam. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. How'd you even get started with native plants and with the Nature Conservancy? I worked for a uh, wiring assembly plant for 22 years. Okay, up here? In Iowa. Okay. And uh, I ended up being the production supervisor, and them jobs left and went to Mexico, and that when they came into the plant and said that it would be shut down in 30 days, the Nature Conservancy was looking for someone to start harvesting seed. And I thought, I can do two 40-hour-a-week jobs for 30 days. No big deal. Yep. Well, it ended up being eight months I did 40-hour-a-week jobs. Whoa, I'd never so, heard this story. Yeah. So, <laughs> And you survived. I did. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, with picking seed yep. in my, all every evening and then on weekends, when when the days got shorter in the winter— it was seed cleaning and preparing to put it all back out. So wow. I was able to still maintain my 40-hour weeks. That's that's amazing. And so the, when it first started in terms of the role, Dunn Ranch was at a spot where it was it, uh, there was still a lot left to reconstruct in the first place, right? So you, oh, you yes. had a lot of base seeds that you were trying to collect and get started? Or what was the what did the seed mix look like that you were trying to work on? To start with... I was, I had only one small place to harvest seed, and that was TNC owned, but it was north of the cemetery off of off of M Highway over here, and uh, and I had a little bitty K combine, okay, and hand collecting, and the little bitty K combine, literally, if you went over an ant hill. The steering wheels in the back end About came off of the ground, so you had to steer with the brakes wow. because your back end, back wheels was up off the ground most of the time. Yep. So, <laughs> Jeez. Humble beginnings, yeah. Keith. Humble yeah. beginnings. Okay, when you say hand collect, describe what that means. So, I mean, it means what it sounds like, but give us a example of what you're, you know, you walk out in the morning and you're going to go seed collecting hand collecting Mm -hmm. take me through that process a little bit well i'll tell you the story of one of the first things i'd done when randy arndt sent me out 
was down by Highway 13, there was a patch of foxglove beard tongue, and he wanted me to go down and hand collect that. He said, just run down there and get it. And that was after I'd worked an eight-hour day, yep. but it was the summer, so I had, you know, I had six, eight hours left of daylight, so... Yep. I went down and I picked just absolutely as hard and fast as I could with my hands, stripping it and cutting the the seed heads off and yep. putting them in a sack. And I I felt ashamed because I didn't get done that first evening with the patch. That with was that there? patch, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I went back and Randy wanted me to. He says, "Well, just go finish it up." Well, I went the second night and I picked as hard as I could all the way till dark. Still didn't get it. Third day, I went down and picked the third day, and it took me all the way till dark, and I got it. He says, well, go ahead and clean it up. So I ran it through the hammer mill, busted the seed heads up, and cleaned the seed out of it. And I went in, and he says, well, how much have you got? And I said, well, I got 120 pounds. He's like, holy moly, that's <laughs> like the world supply. I didn't have no idea there was that much. So, Street value of what? Um... Probably three hundred and twenty dollars a pound, and I Jeez. had one hundred and twenty pounds. So yeah, that was instant. From that day forward, it was job security. Yeah, you knew, you, yeah. You knew you, the the value you were bringing in every day was a lot more than was coming coming oh, your yes. way. Oh it, yes. But boy, it's made an incredible difference out in this this period that we're looking at today. So well, that's that's my reward now. Is now I get to see it out here. Yeah. How cool so is that? I that mean, is you, that is you tremendously see you, cool. Every every different form out there, you know, you had a part in. Really. Yes, either I collected or, or led someone else to collect it. So, so yeah, it's extremely rewarding to get to see all of the all of the native plants. I mean, pretty much other than the unplowed prairie, which there's a thousand acres of, but we've restored almost four thousand acres total even overseeding the old native prairie because it'd been overgrazed. Yep. But uh so if there's a any any native plant you see out there, whether it's a forb or a grass, I either had something to do with collecting it or led somebody to do it. So what that's, a feeling. That's really rewarding. I bet. Well and had you did you um prior to starting in that seed collection role, had you had a lot of experience on native plant seed all that stuff i mean people go to school for years and years to learn latin names and botany and xyz was that your background no i absolutely knew nothing about any plant whatsoever i'd been walking through it my whole life i had no idea what anything was i've always loved nature whether it's bugs or hunting or fishing or whatever you know i've loved everything about nature so so when I started learning plants, it was easy to learn because I loved it so much. Yeah. And uh, but the Latin names were really hard because you know, <laughs> my my thing for Latin names was you know like Prairie Blazing Star is Latris Pycnostasia. Well, yeah. that don't sound nothing at all alike, and right. And I just hard to stick in the brain. Yeah, I mean the only way I could get that in my head was out there hand collecting it, going Prairie Blazing Star. Or, or light respectnostasia and throw it in the bag and over and over and over. Yes, that's so. amazing. <laughs> well, I I 
you wouldn't say this about yourself, but I can think of Doug Ladd, um, who is a form long time director of conservation for us and terrific botanist. And he said you were the you were the best self-taught botanist he's ever met, um, and <laughs> that you just have an that. eye for it too. I mean, if they, um, if Randy or whoever would say this is what the the plant looks like that we need to try and find, you'd know where you'd remember where that was sometimes. Oh yeah. Even if you didn't know what it, you'd remember where it was, and then you could certainly remember and go out and pick it. Yep. Um, you just, just your memory, your eye, you just you have a good visual <laughs> cue for those things, huh? Well, the the story with Doug Ladd was he found three plants of uh, uh, eared false foxglove, Agelinus auriculata, and he wanted me to go pick the seed off of them three plants. He didn't tell me there was just three plants, so he told me where it was and what it looked like, and I went and I finally found them three plants and picked the seed, and you couldn't have put the seed in the, I mean, you could have put the seed in a metal bottle cap, mm -hmm. and it barely would have covered the bottom yep. of it off of three wow. plants. But I didn't know there were just three plants, so I just started circling bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I got done, I had two-gallon Ziploc bags of eared false foxglove seed. And Doug started calling me the seed whisperer. That, so. and, uh, and it stuck, <laughs> rightly so. That is awesome. Well, so why, if we if we jump forward to like, why do we even need to collect seed? Um, can we buy it, and then what are we go a little bit more into detail with what we're doing with that seed in this project at Dunn Ranch and beyond in the Grand River grasslands? Um, the the native grasses are so tremendous for cattle grazing and soil health and. Uh, clean water i mean and and the store they store so much carbon in the root systems yeah. i mean they That's store more than benefits. a forest yeah yes so uh and the the benefits of grazing the grass the native grasses versus fescue is a calf will gain about a half a pound a day on fescue through the heat of the summer if they're on native grass they'll gain three and a half pounds a day Hmm. And quit eating mineral, so I mean the and then the like I said the other benefits are just tremendous. Yep. So we're trying to get as diverse a prairie habitat out here as possible for a whole bunch of reasons, and that requires yes. us to go seed collecting. Yes, yes. This year, this year I harvested, I harvested seed for us grass seed that we need to put on here on our little creek farm for cattle grazing big blue stem and little blue stem and then I combined three and a half hoppers full with the big combine with the rice stripper head on it uh, get approximately five or six hundred pounds per hopper yep I combined three and a half hoppers for Iowa DNR yep and then I combined seven big hoppers full for Missouri Department of Conservation so wow. That's an astronomical amount of seed, and everybody wanted different stuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted as much straight grass as I could get for cattle grazing. Yep. And then we also have our forbs that the master naturalists come and help me hand collect. Yep. And I I keep some for us, and I get I share with Missouri Department of Conservation because I pick a lot of seed on their properties. Yep. So. And then does that all get cleaned up at the at our seed barn, or sometimes is it going out as raw materials? 
most of it will get cleaned at our seed barn. Okay. So. Uh, raw materials. It's all raw materials. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know what I meant. Cleaned or uh, in just in with still all the chafe and everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so how about tips and tricks? Like I said beforehand, I don't want you to give away all <laughs> your tricks. Um but any any tricks you've picked up over the years about seed collecting? There are so many. It's it's just unbelievable. I mean, from collecting ways, whether you use a lawnmower with a bagger on it for yep. a little bitty short stuff in the spring, to using a pair of clippers, and you don't worry about trash because you can always clean it out, stems and leaves. Yep. Uh, and you have to have a patch if you have to hunt for the plant you're not going to pick any seed okay you have to have a patch and you find that when it's in bloom okay so uh so you find it in bloom and then you just do you write it down or you just remember i right just where remember it, it. yeah so uh i've i've tried to gps all of the locations yep and uh so that someday somebody else can go out and find the yeah find the main patches if they want to collect the seed wow so and then you um so you have a lot of volunteers come up here and help with this process too right talk yes, to me about that yes i do the kansas city master naturalists come up there's oh there can be 15 plus come up at one time 15 hands hand picking adds up really quick yep so, I mean, and I, I try to have stuff that's not real hard to get to and, and stuff that you at least don't have to get on your hands and knees to pick right. for, for those folks. Yep. But uh, but we collect a lot of Forb seed that ends up being pure seed, Yep. which, you know, the combine mixes are really good. We might have up to 60 species in a combine mix. Yep. But the hand collection is actual pure seed. When yeah, you get and you can start making your own recipes of those mixes when Absolutely. you have the ability. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a coefficient of wetness. It's okay. where the plants like to grow. Minus five is standing water. Uh, plus five is as dry as you can get. And I do a wet, a dry, and a moist seed mix. Okay. And try to put seed back where it likes to grow. Okay. Get the most bang for the buck. That's right. That yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so vol my my past volunteers are amazing, and we are so grateful for all of the volunteer work of uh, of people throughout the state of Missouri and broadly Absolutely. throughout the Nature Conservancy. But I think you have talking speaking of tips and tricks to keep a, a group of volunteers wanting to come back and drive an hour and a half from mm -hmm. Kansas City up here on a pretty regular basis. There has to be a trick to that, to why people want to keep coming back up here and uh, and doing seed collection. What are, you, what are some of those tips I, tricks, Keith? I try to make it fun for everybody. Yep. You know, I try to I try to explain little fun facts while we're out in the field. I might have them taste a plant. Yep. Or you had me taste ants. Yes. Yeah, ants are not. They're they'll surprise you. They're not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like but, skittles. You told me. Yeah, sour skittles. But uh. Yeah, it's it's just fun, and and I encourage them when they do come to help. I encourage them all to stop, and look around every once in a while, and enjoy the beauty of everything in bloom. Enjoy the birds, the sounds, the sights, 
I, if they have not been here before and want to go see the bison, I always take them out, people out to see the bison mm. and talk about them. And, and we just, I try to make it fun. Yeah. And then I got one other little bribe thing. Okay. I make homemade jellies and mm -hmm. apple butter and stuff, and I, I will bring that in and, and let them all sample it every, every You most bit, certainly so. do, and it is delicious. So <laughs> get, what kind of jellies or jams do you do you like to make most? Um, what are the big crowd pleasers? Yeah, I I really like the blackberry and, mm -hmm. and uh, dewberries mixed okay. together, and then peach or peach plum. And then this year I done wild grape and elderberry mixed together. Wow, and that's that's pretty tart, but yeah, I like it that way. Yeah, so. that's great. And then I at your house you've got apple trees galore, so you make a lot of apple butter. I do. Yeah, yeah. Salsa. You had a yep. great salsa. How many jars of salsa did you make this I year? I made 137 quarts of salsa this year. <laughs> but that's for that's for my. I have three kids and they're all grown and out of the house, but. I share with them, but still, I won't have to make salsa again for another three years. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, when you were giving the volunteers advice to stop, slow down, enjoy, have fun while they're working, that I think that's when I think of you, I think you find that balance and blend really well. Which means you know it's not just all work and no play and right. fun and enjoyment. You love the fun and enjoyment side. So let's jump over to the hobbies a little bit. Mushroom, okay. hunting, fishing. Um, what are, what season are we in right now? What's your what's the hobby that's keeping you having fun out in the outdoors these days? Right now is the hen of the woods mushroom. The oyster mushrooms are starting to come on, and fishing is really good in the fall. Yep. And of course, all the hunting seasons are starting. But yep. But it's it's hard to find time to do it all. Yeah. So. Yep. How's how's the hen of the woods season been this year for you? The hen of the woods season's been pretty good. I've picked over sixty pounds this year. Wow. So, and is that just the right mix of rain and weather, or what makes a good year from a not so good year in your in your estimation? I'm still trying to figure that yeah. out. But, <laughs> you but, just uh, take it when you can get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, Don't ask questions. The the main thing is covering a lot of territory. If you if you are willing to walk a long ways you've got a pretty good chance of finding them and uh uh i don't know i've always believed in going the extra mile if you need to if you go further than somebody else did yep then you're where nobody else has looked yeah so uh it it usually pays off not always but usually yeah well, I think you will. You have left a wake of um, mushroom enthusiasts in your path because Keith is not. Um, he might not take you to all his morel spots. Who would, right? But <laughs> but he he loves seeing other people find mushrooms, appreciate mushrooms, taste mushrooms, and just kind of see the bounty all around them. So I'm oh, certainly yes. one of those people. You you showed me a lot about mushrooms, and I'm really grateful because during. Like even during the pandemic, COVID era time, when you couldn't go very far, you couldn't do a lot of things. Well, I spent a lot of time out in the woods looking for mushrooms, and I really enjoy it and appreciate it. So that thanks for teaching me a lot. That's Keith. enjoying life to me. It certainly <laughs> is. Okay, and then I've also I referenced singer, guitar player. So um, we're what about that? So I I think you sound a lot like Johnny Cash when you sing, Keith. Well, my voice is lower than it used to be. <laughs> 
as I've aged, my voice has got lower. So. How long have you been singing and playing guitar? I started when I was 14. Okay. The very very first stage I ever got on was at the Eagleville Fair, and the the guy that had been up before me says, look right at the water tower. You won't see anybody. Mm. Well, if you looked at the water tower, you seen absolutely everybody in the crowd. <laughs> I was shaking so dang bad I couldn't hardly control myself. So. Wow. But it it got easier as I got older. So yeah, that's and fun. you just do it for fun, or did you ever go around and do gigs at all? Or? I I've went around and played some places for little dabs of money here and there. I've had I've had offers to do some really big things really? like uh, open for Willie Nelson at a Farm Aid deal. Wow, but I, I that's that's above me. I mean, I just I enjoy it. Yeah, I like doing it. I enjoy having fun. I don't like. I don't like the pressure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, when we we are very fortunate when we um, when we end up at a staff retreat or something like that with a campfire, where our staff retreat evenings are pretty amazing. With mm-hmm. Keith and Brett um, sings and plays mm-hmm. as well. We have someone that plays fiddle. We have right. We we call them the Prairie Chicken Boys. Um, we like to internally describe this band that shows up at the uh, at staff retreats around a campfire, but it's a real treat. So thanks for sharing with that, oh, that I, with us, I, Keith. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and I enjoy hearing everybody else. Okay, I'm gonna go through some uh, some. I've got some kind of quick questions that are quick fire about Dunn Ranch and some other things, but um, I'm gonna start with this one. Doesn't have to be quick. To, what are some of the most interesting critters that you've seen on the prairie? When you think about some moments over the years that you're like, wow, I remember I remember that. I remember this animal or this bird or this. Walk me through any of those moments that you can remember over the years out at Dunn Ranch. Uh, you know, the learn, and learning birds also has been a great thing hmm. at Dunn Ranch. So, I mean, the upland sandpipers. The greater prairie chicken going and trapping prairie chickens was yeah. an Nebraska, absolute ball. Right? Yes, yep. I mean that was that was a total thrill of the the area and everything, all the wildlife that you've seen. Yep. Uh, there's a type of robin that I seen out there. Seen a big flock of that hmm. was really cool. Hmm. Uh, I've seen badgers out on the prairie. Here, them are, yeah, they were really neat. To see, hmm. uh, the prairie chickens, I. I mimicked one and mm-hmm. called him in the year mm-hmm. before last. And when you say so, mimic, what do you mean, Keith? I mean make the sounds that he makes. So. And I think you had a little dance going too. Oh if yeah, I remember. Yeah, and he he came right on in, and now he has lost his fear of humans, and he will actually flog your britches leg if if you <laughs> get walking up around him. So, so you named him <laughs> Floggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, and then you probably see lots of big deer running around up here. I'm oh sure. yes, oh yeah, yep. yep. Quail. I know you give me a lot of updates on quail. You you have a lot of pride in I, when there's when there's good cubbies of quail up here, don't you? I do. You know, uh, uh, I I hunted quail a lot when I was a kid, and uh, there were there were a lot of quail to hunt. So now every time they have a good good hatch and there's a bunch i'm i'm pretty proud of it you know and and i learned learned as a kid you know that when you were quail hunting if you got up a covey of eight birds or less you didn't shoot 
mm-hmm. you left them alone because you have to have seed for the next year. Yep. So you have to be a conservationist, and that goes for everything, whether it's fish or wildlife or the plants on the native prairies. I mean, you have to be a conservationist if you want to continue to have good fishing, good hunting, good native prairies or yep. restored prairies. Yep. You have to be a conservationist. Well, I think you've put back more on the landscape that you've t- than you've <laughs> taken, and uh, not everybody can say that, but you, I, you, you most certainly do. So thank you, Keith. Okay, rapid fire questions. What's your favorite season at Dun Ranch Prairie? Hmm, my favorite season is probably the month of October. It's really, it's a little bit stressful. Because there's so much going on, you know. I mean, yep. there's there's the bison roundups, seed harvest is going on right there, you know. So, I mean, in the matter of a one windy day or one storm, you can lose all the seeds. So, yeah. you have a short window to, your, it's pretty high pressure for mm-hmm. them short times, mm-hmm. but it's very rewarding to when you win. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, if you think about the hardest job, not any one person's job, but just the hardest job up at Dun Ranch Prairie, what do you think that is? Is it a certain thing? You just talked about one of them, maybe mm-hmm. that that window of time when all the seed is oh, there yes. and you don't want. But are there any other tough jobs up here that you that you think about? The toughest job for me, really, is is the hand collecting seed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when we were doing our main restorations and restoring 500 acres a year, there there are seeds out there that are they're in stuff that's over your head tall, mm-hmm. but they may not be over ankle high, the, the whole plant and the uh, seed. So you might have to be down almost literally crawling on your hands and knees trying to find the seeds mm-hmm. to do your restoration, and it could be... 90 plus degrees if it rained the day before or whatever then you have tremendous high humidity and that's the hardest yeah of everything that makes sense okay what's your favorite place at dunn ranch like a specific little place if you had to pick out a favorite draw or overlook or spot or tree or non-tree or river what is the um, you have a place I, that's really special to you out here? I, I love the streams mm. where we have Topeka Shiner minnows. And, of course, we have mink and yep. otters and just a ton of variety of wildlife. Yep. And, you know, I mean, you might be standing by an anthill where you can watch the ants do their thing. Yep. Uh, you know, you can, next to the running water. You can you can see native plants. You can smell them mm-hmm. when they're when they're in the peak of the bloom. And, yeah, and that would probably be my favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of commonality, and I've asked that question of um, Kent and, and uh, Dennis and Brett, and there's something about uh, inherent in finding a place where you can't see roads or anything else, and you're just completely immersed in it. it seems yes. to be this commonality, whether it's down in a by the rivers or the streams so you don't see anything or whatever else, but you can kind of get lost in those spots, which you is pretty bet. cool. Yeah, listen to the birds. Yeah. It's, it's just neat. Well, I love it. Well, Keith, 
I know um, you've got a lot of songs to play, birds to tend, and <laughs> seeds to collect, so we're, we're going to let you go. But thank you for joining us and for everything that you do around here, Keith. Thank you. I, I love it. Like I say, my reward is seeing it and being in it. So I love it and love to show and tell people about it. So Good. Well, for any listeners out there who can't get enough of Keith, which is probably a lot of you, or seed collecting, <laughs> check out the recent article in Nature Conservancy magazine that features both. You can find it on our site, nature.org forward slash Missouri. Then a couple more reminders before you go. First, ask McLean anything. That's our occasional segment where I try to answer your questions. As always, we, we could use more questions. So, um when you ask those, if I don't know the answer, I call in a smart person. They help me out. But if you have one of those questions about nature and conservation, send it our way via our podcast website, nature.org forward slash podcast, and we might just select it to answer it in a future show. As always, if you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and tell your friends about us. You can find this episode of It's In Our Nature as well as all of our past episodes at nature.org forward slash podcast. To learn more about the Nature Conservancy in general and in Missouri, visit nature.org forward slash Missouri. Thanks everybody for listening. 